Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter. Hello, my friend. Hello. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. We've already seen each other, but it's nice to see you again. It's nice to continue seeing you. Mm. Uh, that that little back and forth is easily five seconds of this week's two-minute mashup. <laughs> uh, Coulter, it's National Signing Day today. It's the opening of the f- National Signing Period, the first early one. It's not National Signing Day. National Signing Day is the first Wednesday in February. It's National Signing Day today. It's not, dude. You have to call it what it is. National Signing Day remains on Wednesday, the first Wednesday of February. If I was to say this again, what would happen? You can call it whatever you want. If you're listening to the show today, it's not National Signing Day. It's the opening of the early signing period, which lasts three days. Then it goes dead for a month. Then they have more recruiting in late January to early February. And then National Signing Day is the first Wednesday of February. My guess is that's going to change because all of the signing is enjoy Coulter's drinking iced coffee and they don't give me straws anymore. They tell me it's going to ruin the world. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I muted you because I just want you to drink your coffee in peace. I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy right here. Why your misery puts me in such a great mood, I don't know. There's a word for it in German. It escapes me now. Why there isn't a word for it in English, I'll never know. Uh, Coulter, uh, it's not National Signing Day, but 90-plus percent of the signees that are going to happen in college football did happen today uh, or over the last however went since it's been available for it to happen. And this opening day of the early signing period 
is essentially the National Signing Day where everybody's assigning as to who won the recruiting battles and who got all of, of the guys that they wanted to get and so on and so forth. And it's interesting in the state of Montana for a couple of different, different reasons. First of all, it is not the only state, but it is one of the states uh, that has an obvious and clear rival. Uh, in the within its own border, that is an equal. You know, it's in the same conference and at the same level. Some, I mean, Iowa and Iowa State, for instance, are in two different conferences. So there's you know a disconnect there to a certain extent. They're also because they're in the FCS, don't have a gap from the from the last game of the season, whether it's a regular season or even a, a, a conference championship game, to whatever the bowl game is that they're playing in. That is a natural place in which to do the recruiting that would now begin and happen right now, like you have at the FBS level, and. It also is interesting in the fact that the state of Montana, by and large, delivers the best players in high school to the two schools in the state. So rare, it it certainly happens, but it it doesn't happen often, but it does happen where a, a kid from the state of Montana goes and plays in the FBS somewhere, whether it's a Mountain West or Pac-12 or what, what have you. Generally speaking, that doesn't happen. The best talent in the state of Montana overwhelmingly stays in the state of Montana. And by the way, doesn't often go to other like schools out. Like, rarely does a kid from the state of Montana say, I'm going to go play at Idaho. I'm going to go play at North Dakota. I'm going to go to an FCS school that's not in the state of Montana. So the the ground that is the state of Montana is sort of hallowed in that country football way because the best recruits are in general staying here and being split between the two schools in Bozeman and Missoula. And I think that is pretty unique. I think that's pretty unique. In, even in Alabama, Georgia can fight a good fight for a couple of kids in the state of Alabama. And obviously Alabama dipping over into Georgia or Mississippi, whatever it might be. That just doesn't really happen here. And I find that cool and interesting. And also, by in a lot of ways, the assessment of what happens in the state of Montana and the sheet that you have in front of you between the Grizzlies and the Cats and who they got, not just the numbers but the, the names, is is the beginning and the end of who, quote-unquote, won the recruiting battle. And so as you've looked at this, and all, a different deal, too, for Montana State because they are preparing for a game on on Saturday. So they got a whole different sort of set of trying to get this done on the fly while they're still playing football that, that they got to figure out, which is, is sort of a two-sided coin as well. But when you look at the names that are on this sheet and start with Montana, what do you see? Well, I think that your point is, is well stated because I think that there's so much talk about the in-state recruiting battle and there's so much emphasis put on it. And I think that's all it, it is. It's emphasized to a proper level, but... I think that people miss why it's so important. It's not just about putting people in the seats to watch Montana kids. It's because so often you're going to be your best as a college football player as a fourth-year junior and a fifth-year senior, or a true junior, true senior, if you're really a, a good player that got to play early. Right. But that that's just how long it takes you to physically develop, and most of the guys you're going to be playing with, uh, with and against around the league are also going to be older. And I think that when you're talking about remote rural places like Missoula and Bozeman. They're not remote and rural compared to the rest of the state of Montana, but they are certainly off the beaten path when it comes to the rest of the United States of America. And I think that when you get kids from Huntley Project and Big Timber and and 
you know, even just Kalispell, it's just a lot easier for the kids to, first of all, stick with it, to acclimate. I mean, what are the reasons that kids leave? So often it's they miss their family. It's homesickness. It's lack of opportunity. But in Montana, I think Montana kids understand, first of all, how many kids have gone from nothing to everything in these programs. The fact is that if you work hard, you put your nose down, the chances of you actually rising up and getting a chance to play are, are very good. And I think that's why we see so many, so often. I mean, like, look at a kid like Josh Hill who plays inside linebacker at Montana State. Like, that dude, he doesn't have any of the physical gifts that you'd want out of an inside linebacker. And he's a first-team all-league guy because he stuck with it. Yeah. And he wanted it his whole career. Like, look at a guy like Josh Sanders. Like, Josh Sanders is not getting recruited by really anybody besides Montana coming out of high school. That's it, Montana. And he's a three-year starter and a two-time All-Big Sky guy because of how much it meant to him. He wanted to be a Grizz his whole life. And so when I look at the in-state guys right now, I think that – I thought this was an, an interesting year in Montana. I thought yep. that there was – Thought there was a bunch of, of like okay, pretty good prospects. No like crazy world beating prospect. <coughs> Excuse me. But I don't necessarily think that's a, a bad thing either, though, because I think that we've seen a lot of kids that are like true top shelf blue chip type guys, you know, blue chip under the lens of a, a big sky conference recruit. Right. That have been just sort of average or not very great. I mean, we did the thing on the Gatorade Player of the Year. A lot of times the Gatorade Player of the Year has not become the best guys in Montana. And then you have guys that are partial scholarship guys, even on the Montana level that turn into great players. So I thought the state of Montana was pretty good. Montana State signed 10. Montana signed 7. I don't really know. This is the first year I don't have a definitive opinion on who won the state because there's not a Gabe Sulser that's, you know, if you got this guy, you got a leg up. There's not a Troy Anderson. If you got yeah. this guy, you got a leg up. I think Carson Rostad from Hamilton is a good player, but I think he's a developmental guy. He's going to have to get a lot better. I think that you know, it's unique, too, because you have Gatorade Player of the Year signing with both classes because yeah. Carson Rostad was the rare junior winner. So each school is adding a Player of the Year for Montana. And I think Tommy Watt's a good player, too. But those both of those guys are so far away from what they could be yeah. that I, I don't really know how to evaluate the in-state recruiting battle. You asked a great question of Justin Green, who is also at this press conference. He is the recruiting coordinator for the University of Montana about Carson Rostad. Here it is. To have a guy win Gatorade Player of the Year as a junior, that's rare in the state of Montana. But but Carson Ross that won it and then was one of your guys' first commits in this class. So how much momentum does that give you in state when you do get one of the top guys to commit to you early on? Uh, it's 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 good. And and you know, with the way social media is today, it becomes he becomes a voice box, a mouthpiece, a vital um, you know, he becomes your 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 queen, so to speak, in chess, um, as the focal point of bringing in because of, like I said, it's loud. It's loud. The position he plays also um, with that uh, speaks loud. So um, to be able to have a guy commit to you as early as he did and um, you know, be excited about being here, it says a lot. Yeah, so and it's so interesting because, like you said, when do you ever? When does each school get a Gatorade Player of the Year in the same year? But they did this year because, uh, well, there were two available because Carson Ross said, "Was it last year as a, as a junior?" But as Justin Green said, he 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 said something that I think is really key, and I don't think whether they get it. Whether they under, I think that both Bobby Houck and Jeff Choate understand it, but I don't think that they 
even have the capacity to appreciate it. They just know that it's true, but there's nothing they can't really talk about. And that's the social media aspect of this from the kid to the other kids. Yes. You know, it, it's one thing in the 80s when the paper reports, hey, this kid's going to the school. The radio says this kid's going to the school. And other kids hear that or read it and we're like, oh, you're in the paper or whatever. And maybe another kid is influenced by seeing that. It's a whole different deal when the kid himself is following all the kids that are in his class, not just at his school, but around the state that play in, you know, the Shrine games together, that play in the All-Star games together. And then he says, I'm going to be a Grizzly and I'm going to be a Bobcat. And what that influences the other kids like and they're talking too i mean it's not just the tweet or the instagram or whatever it is the communication the back and forth that is happening directly and and publicly if it's on the social media platform uh that matters so very much and it matters like i, I you and i just don't uh, appreciate how much it matters to these kids we don't understand why it matters to these kids we would probably say you're idiots for having it matter to you but and not the not the kids going to school, but the social medias in general, okay? But it does. This is They're very influenced by this. They're spending a lot of time participating in this. They want people to, you know, know them, note them, be known by other people and so forth. This is how they're doing it, and so then it matters. And I think Justin Green pointed that out, you know, really well right there because that, that makes him a mouthpiece for your university in virtue of just siding with you and then doing what all the kids do, and they follow that. Totally, and you saw it with Carson Rostad committing. I mean, he he was the first in-state commit right. for Montana, and then they got Jackson Lee within the same week, and it, and Jackson Lee was considered one of the top five prospects, yeah, in the state r- right away. But then Montana State answered with several other different guys, including Tommy Malott. So it, it, there was a lot of tit for tat going back and forth. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed, I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. As far as the really intriguing prospects to me that are from the state of Montana, I'll give you a couple from each side. I think for Montana, one of the kids I'm really interested to see how he grows is Journey Grims Grimsrud. He's from Huntley Project, but this is like the he's like the quintessential guy who he's he's a six foot four, two hundred and forty five pound dude who has played multiple sports all through high school. He's never been sports specific. He's probably never had a chance besides in the summer to really pound in the weight room and try to work on his body. 
but he also he's a, a state champion discus thrower. Mm. So that means he's got good feet. He's got good balance. He just seems like a guy that could just become so, so rapidly accelerate physically. It also means he's got great hips, Coulter. That's right, right. Yeah, great, I mean, twist. hips is so important though in this. And it is. I think he's got a lot of upside. The other kid who was kind of off the radar, because I'm not sure he actually even has social media, but hearing from people up in the Flathead, Henry Noose is a, a guy that is an edge rusher from Kalispell Glacier who I've heard a ton of good things about. And, you know, the, the skill guys, Jackson Lee, Carson Rostad, you know, Asher Croy, which I thought was surprisingly, they're playing the guy who rushed for 333 yards in the state championship game on defense. This says linebacker, not running back. So I thought that was interesting. We'll see if that sticks. But, I mean, guys like Drew Deck, Asher Croy, Jackson Lee, Carson Ross said, people kind of know what those guys are like already because those are the guys that are on the TV news. Those guys are the ones that get the Twitter highlights. But those are, uh, those guys all have a chance to be good players. But, it's the it's the offensive and defensive linemen from the small towns in Montana that are the guys that almost always they just have so much upside because they've never they've never been sports specific they never trained at a college level and when you have the base I mean when you're already six four two forty five you you got a good baseline so I think that yeah. the, the Grimsford kid is a really intriguing one for me out of the seven Montana guys that Montana got and then at Montana State. Mikado Riley is an intriguing guy, just because both of his brothers have done it, so he's got a blueprint. I mean, Mikado, or excuse me, Peyton O'Reilly, uh, his oldest brother, he played at Miami of Ohio, and Callahan O'Reilly is the inside linebacker right now for Montana State, and he's the leading tackler for the Cats. So they've proven those guys know how to navigate the college game. I think that gives you an advantage when you have somebody close to you that can kind of give you advice yeah. on how to make it. And I also thought O'Reilly was a really good player before he broke his ankle this year. I mean, obviously, Tommy Watt is a really intriguing one because he's a ridiculous athlete. He's also six feet tall. So we've talked all along. Like I think these coaches, especially in the big at the big sky level, should just throw out the prototype of what uh, what you need out of a tall quarterback because the NFL's already done it. So why wouldn't you? I mean, think of the, some of the. I mean, there is multiple starting quarterbacks in the NFL that are six feet tall right now. No doubt, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, on down the line, and in the Big Sky Conference, you got a Case Cookus, but everybody else is Kevin Thompson, who's six one, or Eric Berrier, who's five eleven, or Davis Alexander, who's five eleven, or Jake Mayer, who's six feet tall, or Tucker Rovey, who's six five, and. And T.C. Bauman, who's six seven, <laughs> who are, who, and those guys are not in the same league, even close right. to the same no, league as right. as. That's what I'm saying. Like the short guys are the ones that rule the big sky. So, yeah. just saying, like when Tommy Watt is in the quarterback line, and you're looking at six seven Casey Bauman and six five Tucker Rovig, well, I don't know. I think you just need to get rid of the preconceived notion that taller is better. Right. But then the last guy, I think this guy is the single most intriguing player that was signed by either school. The single most intriguing player. We talked about this guy in our sports center a couple times. Even though he's from Melstone, Montana. Do you know where that's at? Yeah, me yeah. neither. Somewhere east of uh, Billings. <laughs> <laughs> Which is half the state. <laughs> I, I, I Honestly, I do not know where Melstone, Montana is. I looked it up, actually, the day that we talked about this, just because I nerd out on that geography stuff, but I don't recall now. i got to look it up. Looks again. like it's in the... Uh, it's in... East Central Montana, yeah. sort of. So, like, short of Miles City and Glendive, but east of Billings. Regardless, Brody Greeby scored something like 3,300 points in high school basketball. We started talking about him because he was a, he was on his way to becoming the all-time leading scorer in high school basketball. Then yeah. at the class he tracked me, he won four individual events. And in football, he was impossible to evaluate because he's playing six-man football. But the kid is... 
obviously a great athlete, and he's a six foot three, two hundred twenty five pounder. Well, he went to a prep school to get himself recruited further. The prep school of all the names that could be named is called Choate Prep. On the other <laughs> side of the country, what are the odds? He signs with Montana State today. But I, I, I was making a couple phone calls when I was driving back from Bobby Houck's press conference, and I got it from good sources that this kid got offered a basketball scholarship by Danny Sprinkle coming mm. out of his time at the prep school, and that he also received a football offer from Iowa. Mm. Six-man to Iowa. How about that? But if you if you have that sort of upside, and you're, you're talking from six-man football in Melstone, Montana, right. but then you proved it enough to get a Big Ten offer in one year at a prep school, I think you could say that guy has a lot of upside. He will be very intriguing to watch. Let's hear what Bobby Houck had to say about his class in general. Like the class, feel like we covered our uh, board pretty well, got what we needed, uh, thought we did well in uh, in the state of Montana, maybe exceedingly well. Uh, really excited about those guys. Obviously, that's the thing that's <clears throat> near and dear to my heart in terms of who we recruit every year. So there you go. I mean, again, it's what you expect. It's going to be the same thing every uh December the 18th or whatever the Wednesday turns out to be, uh, you know, guys say, uh, you know, we're pumped up about the class, feel great about what we did in the state of Montana and on and on down the line, and we'll find out if it's true in three years or more from now. Uh, Coulter, one guy you did talk to today, Jackson Lee. Speaking of uh, small-time football-ish, eight-man football and the uh, Phillipsburg Drummond Co-op. Spends one year playing 11-man at Sentinel this year. Had been committed to go to the Grizzlies. He's official. You went and talked to him today down at Sentinel High School. You want to know, this is such an underrated thing. But if I was a college football recruiter, I would take this into account as much as anything. You want to know what the single most impressive thing about Jackson Lee was today? Tell me. The way he shook my hand and looked in my eyes when I introduced myself to him. Mm. I would evaluate so much of a kid on that. And maybe that's old school. Maybe that's... Backcountry Montana, but the kid gave me a firm handshake, looked me in the eyes, and said, "Nice to meet you." It wasn't like this nonchalant, like my old man used to say, "Baker's handshake." Like this was a this was a good handshake, and he was he was engaged, he was polite. That's the kind of stuff. That's where I would evaluate kids in recruiting. Because, like Bobby Houck said, if you're trying to do plug and play and get a bunch of three star recruits to help your program in the FCS, it's not going to work, especially not in Montana. It's all about projection. It's all about development. What would you, what do you say when I come up and just hug you? Do you like that greeting? Absolutely. Oh, okay. You project yourself as a very friendly person. If I was recruiting <laughs> you, I'd say you are a very team-oriented guy. Yeah, You'll team, fit into a locker team, room great. Team-oriented, yes. Tough. Mm, perhaps not so much. Uh, all right. It was a great interview. Uh, just a couple of minutes here. Jackson Lee, the new Grizz commit from today. Right here in Missoula Sentinel with Missoula Sentinel senior Jackson Lee. He's about to sign his letter of intent to play for the Montana Grizzlies. Jackson, I know you committed early, so uh, a lot of time to think about this. And You've been a, a future Grizzly for a long time, but you officially become one today, so what's this feel like? Oh, this is pretty cool. It's kind of a lifelong dream, so I'm pretty pumped. Grew up in Phillipsburg, played for Flint Creek, so moving to Missoula, what did you think of just the opportunity to come play for the Spartans, and what did you think of your first year playing 11-man football? 11-man was sweet. Uh, it's definitely a lot different than eight man. Um, kids are bigger, kids hit harder, but I don't know. Football is football wherever you go, but it was awesome. It was worth it. Bigger kids hit harder, but less open spaces, right? So, what are some of the? Uh, just compare and contrast the eleven man game to the eight man game. Uh, 
Uh, well, 11 man has a bigger field, and uh, you, you have people that have to fill that. But honestly, I felt like it was a little bit wider. Um, I don't know, though. I really wasn't that much different other than 8-man moves a little faster. Um, but football's football, like I said. It's still it's not much different. I know Coach Oliver, he's done a great job of preparing guys for the college level, and he runs Sentinel much like a college program. So what sort of things did you learn from him that thinks that maybe has you ready to, to make the transition to, to Montana? Um, he teaches a little things. He teaches detail. Um, he's big on his detail. He just kind of prepared. His, that's what he told me um, when I first got here. He's like, yeah, I'm coaching here for after high school, not for the high school time. So I think that's kind of big as he focuses on guys afterwards rather than just while they're here. Growing up in Montana and Western Montana, I know you probably had an eye on the Grizz for a long time. So, uh, what sort of things did the Montana coaching staff sell you on? What do you like about the program you're about to join? Um, yeah, I grew up uh, coming to the games. I had season tickets. Uh, so, I've always been coming. And then Coach Out coming back, uh, he brought me in his office. He's like, if you want to win a championship or play in the NFL, this is the place for you. And that was, that was it. It was game over. And then they got Wild Grizz in the Champion Center. There's just nothing that compares to Grizzly football. Who's your favorite Grizz growing up? Mark Mariani and Chase Reynolds. <laughs> Those are good, both good buddies of mine and both good guys to idolize. Chase is a great example, though, of a guy that can go from a small town to Montana and then to the NFL. So how much does that inspire you, knowing that you, there is a path that's already been walked before? Oh, it's awesome. Um, you go to Drummond, obviously we co-op with them, so I'd go over there and you'd see his records on the boards and you'd compare yourself. Uh, you kind of want to see what you're compared to high school, Chase. It's cool to see. Um Obviously, if you put in the work, it's possible. So I think that's really cool to look forward to. Jackson, congratulations. Thank you very much. There you go, Jackson Lee, uh, committing to the University of Montana, and a guy who definitely came with, uh, you know, a lot of people talking about this kid coming out of eight-man and going to a little, I thought it was interesting, too. He said, you know, uh, the field's bigger. So it almost felt like there was more space, even though there's obviously more people to work with in the 11-man game. And uh, for a guy like that who that's – that's where he lives, man, is in is is with speed in space, making guys miss. Uh, kind of an interesting analysis. But, again, like you said, none of these guys, if and, and like the coaches have said as well, none of the guys getting signing today are showing up on September the 5th, the first day of the season, and, you know, first of all, playing at all, or second of all, you know, starting and stuff like that. The one couple exceptions. There's this one, one guy on each side. Transfer. And their transfer quarterbacks. That's right. So, Coulter, that... Nope, we're going to come back to it. Okay, we don't have time to do it right now. The transfer quarterbacks for these two schools out of this class are being completely undersold right now by... Let me say, I think that they're a bigger deal than what is being led well, on. Especially the one on the other side of the continental divide from where we're sitting right now. See, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it uh, right after, well... When we get there, we'll talk about it in the next hour probably is when we're going to get to it. Because right now, here's what we're going to do. A wing it Wednesday, 329-1899. 329-1899. This is going to be fun. Okay? You callers are going to win wings. Okay? I'm going to start with that. You're going to get wings. Why? Because the questions you're getting today are subjective. You're going to project Coulter and I to a college at a position. Okay, that's what's going to happen, and we're going to tell you how close or not you are. 329-1899. Give us a call. We'll do a Wing It Wednesday. Three questions from Coulter and myself and what we would be as high school recruits going to play Division I football right after this.
You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good evening, Ryan Tutel, Colton Duanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. The early signing period for college football opened today with national letters of intent coming through for both Montana and Montana State. Notably, it's not National Signing Day, let's be very clear. The University of Montana, they signed 14 players this morning, 17 in total, including six from the state of Montana. Uh, actually, seven from the state of Montana, I think it ended up being total. That includes Hamilton quarterback Carson Rostad, who was the 2018 Montana Gatorade player of the year and the all-time most prolific quarterback in Class A history. UM also received letters of intent from Missoula Sentinel running back Jackson Lee, Kalispell Glacier wide receiver Drew Deck, and Wolfpack defensive lineman Henry Noose, among others. The Montana State Bobcats signed 21 players, actually 22 by the time all the letters rolled in. Including 2019 Montana Gatorade Player of the Year, Tommy Mallott out of Butte High. Mallott led Butte to the, to its second Class AA state title game appearance since 1991 by throwing for nearly 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, rushing for more than 1,200 yards and 16 more scores. He was one of 10 from Montana to sign with Montana State, including Bozeman inside linebacker Mikado O'Reilly, Bozeman quarterback Jake D'Agostino, and what Jeff Choke called the cherry on top, Brody Greeby from Millstone, Montana. ESPN Missouri. The Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Phone sorted out, so give us a call. 329-1899-329-1899. We'll do a wing it Wednesday. We want you to project Coulter and I as college football recruits. This is gonna be fun. 329-1899. Give us a call right now for a wing it Wednesday. We'll send you to the Desperado Sports Tavern with free wigs. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, and online at Kurtz. Polaris.com. If you want to find us on the social medias, that's great. You go ahead and you go to at 1029 ESPN, at 1029 ESPN. That is on Twitter and Instagram. You can also go to at Gus Tutel and at Skyline Sports MT. We go down to the phones. We welcome in Jonathan to the show. Jonathan, how are you? Doing good. How are you two doing today? Outstanding, Jonathan. So we got a little different deal for you today, okay? You still got to right. answer questions, but it's a no-lose situation. But here's what we're going to do. Now, how, are you familiar with the show at all? Have you listened uh, to the show a little bit? Absolutely. Okay. So our dear friend Coulter over here 
you got to assess him, his personality, what you know of his body type, if anything at all, uh, and and what you think about him as you've sort of gotten to know him as a radio guy. And here's what you got to do. I'm going to ask you three questions about Coulter. If he was coming out of high school, what position would he be playing? And if you want to, how many stars would he be? What college is he going to? FBS, please. FBS, please. What university is he going to go play college at? And he will reveal his choice. And then finally, uh, how would he reveal that choice? Is he putting a hat on? Is he tweeting about it? Is he calling his mom? How's the thing working out? What is his preferred methodology for announcing the school? Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. Oh, I think I got it. Okay, here we go. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tell me likey. Tell me what wingy. Okay, Jonathan, here we go. Question number one. Colter Nuanas. He's a high school recruit. He's signing today somewhere, but before he signs, he's got to have a position. What position is Colter playing, and from what, uh, and how many stars is he? All right, so Colter, he's got a pretty strong intellect. He's got a pretty strong memory for stats and all those different type of things. That is a fact. Honestly, I definitely could see Colter in the secondary on defense, probably somewhere around the safety region okay. versus a cornerback. Oh, man, that is a hammering safety. Oh, Colter buddy, I don't think there's a lot of six foot one, two hundred fifty pounds coming downhill at you. But the speed. The, think about the speed love that you're getting oh, here. Oh man, from I'm on like a five one forty. But you got to you got to remember, he'll be able to. He knows the schemes and all those things, so he'll be able to jump the routes a little bit more. From okay. The How many stars as a safety is a thoughtful uh, 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 offense reading safety? How many stars coming out of high school? All right, I'm going to go with four out of five. Four-star safety recruit, Coulter <laughs> Nuanas. Now, Coulter, what is the answer? What position are you in your mind, and how many stars are you? I, I would be a one- or two-star center, depending on where I grew up. Okay. One- or two-star center. Okay. okay. You were not close, but it doesn't matter because it's still just your opinion. Here's question number two. What university is Colton Nuanas? deciding to go to school and of course he's been recruited by 160 of them at the FBS level so what school is four star safety or two star center Colton Nuana is going to play at you know that's a tough one I, I'm going to guess that he's going to want to go probably I'm going to go with Oregon don't don't answer the question now because I have a guess at this, Coulter. Okay. In fact, I got okay. two guesses and they're both right. You're either going to UNLV or Nevada Reno. <laughs> Those are the two schools <laughs> that you are going to play oh, football man. for. Am I right? I mean, you're a Nevada boy. If I if I could actually be what I really wanted to be, I'd be a four star middle linebacker going to Penn State. Oh, but yes. in the reality of my uh, non athletically gifted self, which make no mistake, if you're going to Nevada Reno or UNLV, you're a great player. I mean, no doubt, you're a Mountain West well, recruit. This but, is a little bit of just some, uh, some extrapolation. No doubt, but uh, I think uh, I think a two-star center at UNR playing for the Wolfpack—that'd be pretty fun. Oh man, I, the chances of me making it to my fifth year very unlikely. Very. <laughs> 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 okay.
<laughs> now, let me, but so ultimately, though, if you were picking Penn State, that's where you're going. I mean, happy if, I could, I could, if I could have happy it on, if I could, if I could really be what my dream would be, yes. it would be a, I would be a middle linebacker at Penn State. That's what okay. I wanted to be when I was 10 years old, no question. Okay. Uh, this is fun. This is great. Great work, Dave, putting this together. Okay. Last question for you, Jonathan. Okay. All right. All right. Knowing what you know about Coulter, in what way is this recruit who's going to some school at some position revealing the school? Is he doing the hat? Is he doing the phone call? Is he on the social medias? Is he a no-show? What? What? How? How is Coulter letting people know where he's heading? I'm sure Coulter would honestly just do the no-show type thing, but I could also see him doing social media and putting together some kind of video montage with him at the end on top of a mountain doing something, you know? Oh, yeah. oh so like a video, like a, a, like a, an edited video highlight reel of him being sweet and, he, and then at the end, Penn State. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Culture, how in fact would you reveal the school? I wouldn't. <laughs> it's a no-show. I would let, no the, show. I would let the school yes. announce it. Yes, yeah. uh, you are absolutely right about that. Jonathan... Congratulations. You got a basket of wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern for your trouble. Excellently done by you there. I think you've assessed him very well. Actually, I don't. I think I think four-star <laughs> safety is a poor assessment of my friend uh, Coulter. But outside of that, I think you did an excellent job. Give your information to David there in the back. Thanks so much, all right? All right. Thank you, guys. You got it. Uh, we will do that again, by the way at the top of the hour, and it will be roles reversed. It will be Coulter's turn to ask the questions, and you will be guessing for me. So uh, stick around with us. 20 minutes, we'll do that. But next, what we're going to do is uh, get you all set up with Joey McMurray. Who's Joey McMurray? Well, speaking of Oregon, he is the play-by-play voice for the Oregon Ducks men's basketball team, Oregon, hosting the Grizzlies in men's basketball tonight. Uh, so go ahead and uh, tune in. That's on the Pac-12 network, but uh, Oregon, the number eight team in the nation. Uh, they have been uh, fantastic so far this year. They're coming off a win over number five Michigan in Ann Arbor. Uh, so that's pretty good. So uh, you go ahead and check that out. And... Uh, and uh, we will have uh, Joey McMurray on right after this. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Well, off we go now to the Rangich Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in the voice of the Oregon Ducks men's basketball team, Joey McMurray. Joey, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? 
Hey, I'm great. Anytime, fellas. going to be fun. I'm excited for Wednesday's matchup with Oregon and uh, Montana. Should be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun game. The Grizzlies have uh, have be- made this sort of a standard under Travis DeCure of playing uh, big time, uh, you know, high high major basketball teams on the road, and then trying to get some W's in Missoula. So this will be, I think, what is this culture? The fifth high major team yep. the Grizzlies will have played this year. But Oregon, the best of the group. Talk to us just about Oregon right now. And then the matchup a little bit as you see it, Joey. Yeah, you know, Oregon's had a, a solid start to the season. Uh, up to number eight in the Associated Press poll, the first net rankings coming out there at 17. And I, I think that it's where the Ducks want to be. You know, half of Oregon's schedule so far has been against top 25 opponents, actually top 15 opponents. Uh, now, Seton Hall and North Carolina have dropped out of the top 25 since the Ducks beat them. But they handed Memphis a loss earlier this year. They did beat Seton Hall, who dropped out, lost to North Carolina, lost to Gonzaga in overtime by one, and then just recently beat Michigan in Ann Arbor. And that was actually the highest-ranked non-conference foe that Oregon has ever defeated on the road uh, in program history. So half of the schedule for the Ducks has been top 15 opponents. And, you know, they're... They've played the best. Uh, they're battle-tested. And, and maybe the scariest thing is Montana might be the first team that sees Enfali Dante, uh, the outstanding freshman who reclassified into this year's recruiting class. Had to get some I's dotted and T's crossed with the NCAA for his eligibility. But he's now with the team. He made the trip to Michigan. That was the first game that he could have played in, but he hadn't practiced, so he didn't get his debut against the Wolverines. He may get his debut against Montana. I'm curious to see in practice over the next couple days uh, what he looks like, what he brings to the table, because it sure looks like the Ducks have been missing that big-time shot blocker, and, well, that's exactly what he may bring to the table. So it's been a good start to the season and a lot of talent uh, on this Oregon men's basketball team and maybe an injection of talent coming here shortly. Oregon has been really good in basketball for 20-plus years, but even then it seems like they're overshadowed by football, even though they've been to the Final Four and everything. But it's rare that you get the best of the best of the best, a top 10 type guy to come to Eugene. How did Oregon manage to land this kid, and what sort of hype is there around him coming to to Eugene to play for the Ducks? Well, I'll never forget when the Ducks made it to the Final Four, and Dane Altman, who has a very self-depreciating sense of humor, I'll put it that (laughs) way, he said, well, you know, all the guys that didn't used to pick up the phone, now all of a sudden they're picking up the phone when uh, we call after you get into the Final Four. And that was a big reason why uh, guys like Tony Stubblefield, who is one of the big recruiting assistant coaches for the Ducks, he was able to get guys like Bull Bull. And then Mike Benega, uh, who has a lot of connections around the country in recruiting, he was one that uh, kind of started the Canadian connection for the Ducks. And they've had a few of those guys over the years. And now as, as time's gone on, it's just become more clear that Oregon, with the connection to Nike, that's obvious. Everyone knows that that's a big deal to these guys. But that's how they've been able to get players like Bull Bull, uh, Troy Brown, um, Lewis King. I mean, there, there's been some really big-time players, and the latest is in Bali Dante. And then, you know, the other guy, too, everyone's talking about Dante, but C.J. Walker was a five-star recruit coming into this year's recruiting class as well. So I think getting into the Final Four was, was really the – I guess maybe the push that Oregon needed over that final hump to get some of these big-time guys. And certainly the Nike connection helps the facilities around here, but it's also Dane Altman. I mean, his teams, are they've been good. I mean, he's one of just a few coaches out there that consistently has 20-win seasons, and he recently became Oregon's all-time winningest coach. He passed Ernie Kent in that category. So I think it's a combination of things, but those are probably the biggest factors why they've 
been able to get some of these big time players. And I mean, look, you know, the Ducks are going to continue, I think, to get those big time players because you look around college basketball and I think, at least in my opinion, that you've got to have a combination of those outstanding freshmen that come in and make big contributions and veterans. And, and, and I think that's what Dane Altman and the Ducks are looking for is to find that right combination. And, and it sure seems like they're getting there. Balancing that, though, is so interesting in this day and age in college basketball because you see some teams like Duke and Kentucky that have just gone all in, you know, get four or five or six even one-and-done guys. So, how, I mean, how does Coach Altman do it? Because it is. It's interesting. Very few programs can balance the guys that might be one-and-done type talents while also cultivating talent like Peyton Pritchard and getting him to his senior year. So, I mean, how do you think Coach Altman's been able to do this in this, this well, landscape of college it, basketball? You know, it's been kind of an up-and-down deal for Coach Altman. Uh, he he actually told me this year that, uh, frankly, he thought that the Ducks would be a little bit more experienced this year, and that's part of why they scheduled up. And they, and they have all these big top 15 matchups on their schedule. But then guys like Lewis King left for the draft, uh, Kenny Wooten left for the draft, and I think it raised a few eyebrows. So what really I, I think has been the key to Oregon's success to, to kind of get over that, for lack of a better phrase, a roster turnover that's maybe a little earlier than coaches want. It's been the graduate transfers. Uh, Shakur Justin, who the Ducks have been without for the last uh, couple games, he transferred from UNLV as a graduate transfer, and he's been a really big contributor for the Ducks. He averaged 11-9 and nine last year for UNLV in a shortened season due to injury, and he's kind of doing he's been doing that for the Ducks this year. Um, then I think about a guy like Anthony Mathis, who at New Mexico, was a really, really good player. Broke pretty much every three-point shooting record that New Mexico had. And now as a redshirt senior, he transfers in to play for the Ducks. And he's from Oregon. He's a Westland kid, but he developed somewhere else. And now the Ducks have another veteran sharpshooter. And then they've even got another couple guys that are redshirting this year. And Eugene Omarui, who Montana fans won't see him, and Eric Williams Jr., another guy that Montana fans won't see. But they've helped Oregon a lot in practice because even though they're redshirting due to those transfer rules this year, they're both really, really good players that help the Ducks in practice tremendously. So I, I think that all of that with the graduate transfers has really helped. The Ducks have some veterans in the right places. Even if they're not veterans of Oregon basketball, they're veterans of college basketball, and I think that's been a big key. Joey McMurray joining us. He's the uh, voice of the Oregon Ducks men's basketball team. The Ducks hosting the Montana Grizzlies Wednesday night. 9 o'clock Central Time, if you're looking for it, a late tip-off there in Eugene on uh, on Wednesday evening. And one, one thing I'm interested in here, Joey, is is what is the benefit of these games for a program like Oregon? I mean, they, they play North Carolina, Gonzaga, and Michigan, then they also play Montana, Texas, Southern, Alabama State. So when, when Dana's putting a schedule together, you want to have, you know, some challenges, and you also want to have some games that you can maybe work on some stuff. But what do you think that games like Montana does for an Oregon program? Well, it's funny that you ask that because I asked Coach Altman about schedule strategy uh, actually this past weekend when we were in Ann Arbor, and he kind of looked at me and smiled and said, well, everybody does it a little bit differently, Uh, and if everybody had a right way to do it, then everybody would be undefeated because we'd all be doing it the same way. (laughs) I mean, you know, I think for for Oregon, this is an opportunity to grow as a basketball team just like any game is, but you're right. It, it kind of is a, a little bit more of a risk for the Ducks because Montana's going to come in swinging, right? I mean, you always hear coaches talk about you got to swing away, and that's exactly what Montana's going to do. So I think for Oregon, this is an opportunity, though, to get better. And that's how every coach in America is going to tell you that these games mean. I mean, maybe that's a little bit of coach speak, but at the same time, it, it is. I mean, 
Look back to last year. Uh, the Ducks lost the game to Texas Southern, and this was before Bull Bull got hurt. Ducks lost the game to Texas Southern that I think everybody would agree they had no business losing at home, and they did. Uh, that was actually a big learning experience for the Ducks because they kind of took a few plays off, and all of a sudden Texas Southern, a veteran team, comes charging back and wins the game. I think that there are some learning experiences for a program like Oregon here. And the other thing, too, is I actually think that it's good to play these sorts of regional games from a fan's perspective. I mean, it, there's not a ton of regional games out there. I'm sure as you guys deal with, too, at Montana, you know, Oregon has a tough time finding a lot of regional opponents. There's only so many schools up here that you can play, and I like that they play those sort of regional games. I think it's a, it's a positive for, for fan bases alike. Yeah, very good. Well, Joey, we certainly appreciate the perspective on that stuff. I think it's good. We're excited to take a look at, at uh, this game and obviously Oregon for the first time up close for Montana fans. So uh, looking forward to it. Have a great game uh, Wednesday night and appreciate you joining us. Hey, anytime. Thanks, fellas. Should be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. There you go. Joey McMurray, the voice of the Oregon Ducks, again, tipping off tonight at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So uh, just about two hours from now. Did I get that right? No, four hours from now. I mean, it's just a little simple math, you tell. Is it that hard to do? Four hours from now on the Pac-12 Network, so uh, go check that out. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead. Give us a call, 329-1899. We got another Wing It Wednesday. This was fun. Predicting where Coulter was going to go play football coming out of high school and what position and how he was going to let everybody know it's the first day of the early signing period. We're going to roll reversal now. My turn, Coulter. You call up 329-1899, you're going to get wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. You can also decide for me, where is it that you think that I would be going to school, at what position, with how many stars, and how am I letting everybody know? We'll tell you if you call 329-1899. Next. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.